and welcome to episode 47 of the Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholm, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. We have a very special guest for today's show, Dr. Bob Rotella. Rotella is perhaps the most famous sports psychologist in the world, especially in the world of golf, where he has worked with players who have accounted for more than 80 major championships over men's, women's, and senior golf. His 1995 book, Golf is Not a Game of Perfect, is one of the top three best-selling golf books in history, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. Dr. Bob, as many call him, has also worked with just about every sport imaginable that you can name, including the University of Kentucky basketball team, the Philadelphia Eagles prior to their Super Bowl run this year, several U.S. Olympic squads, the University of Virginia men's golf team, and, and many more. He's a fascinating character, and he probably understands this complex game better than just about anyone. I, I know definitely better than I do. So let's listen in now to that interview. In the summer, I play a lot. Yeah. How often do you play uh, competitively versus just playing? Uh, sorry. I probably play more competitively. Yeah. yeah. But, no, I play a lot in Virginia. I play a lot in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. How often do you play here? Uh, if I'm not working. <laughs> I mean, I, I play my share of golf. Yeah. I don't play as much this time of year. I play. Yeah. Absolutely. My wife would say I play quite a bit. <laughs> I like to play too. When you're out in the course, how uh, how difficult do you find it to take your own advice mentally, or do you find it? Do you not have as many challenges? Do you? Do you well, I just that? watch the guys I'm playing with, and I just go, God, if those guys can play this game, I mean, why why shouldn't I be able to? Yeah. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to see if he was listening. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you were listening. We all get in the hole every once in a while. You know. So it's interesting. Another way, people ask me all the time, or is it a lot easier for you mm-hmm. because you teach it? I go, well, you know what? Um, we've been very open and honest with what players do uh, or need to do, and if, if you read it, then you know what I know. Yeah. And I think the reason we like playing in competition is because okay, now I'm going to go out there and see if I can do what I said I wanted to do. Yeah. And after the round, you get to say, well, did I do what I said I wanted to do? And I mean, I I mean, I mean, played high school football, basketball, baseball. I played lacrosse and basketball through college and played tennis for yes, 10 sir. years and took up golf. Well, mm-hmm. You know, I've shot, I mean, I have a course record of 62 and I've, you know, well, me and my partner won the state super senior and I won, our, I won a lot of club championships and mm-hmm. city championships. I mean, I, you know, I, I, Everything relative. Yeah, sure. Everything. Yeah, I'm an okay player, but I mean the people I hang around are so much better. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but it's I, mean, I think it's one of those things that keeps you alive. And it yeah. gives you a reason for getting up in the morning. It gives you a good reason to go out and practice. Um, but I, I mean, I happen to like competitions. So yeah. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't know much. I'd love golf if I didn't have some competition. Because it kind of gets you discipline. It gets you to, I mean, not only with your mind, but it gets you to take care of your body. It gets you to watch what you eat. It gets you to make you sleep. Um, I don't practice like other people do, but mm-hmm. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Is it more difficult to give advice if you weren't a c- competitive player? Is like being a competitor easier to give well, advice? Well, I, I certainly well, I don't think it makes it any easier to give it. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think 
you have a better understanding of it. Yeah. But you know, like I tell people, I, you know, I work with I work with a lot of basketball teams. I work with Kentucky and Virginia, Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not worried if I'm better than a basketball. They're not worried if their coach is better. Than mm-hmm. anyway, right? If I work in baseball, you know, but, I, but I think the fact that you've been around competition your whole life, you get a better understanding of it. But it's probably not an absolute necessity. But certainly, it's been helpful to me. Yeah. Um, but the bottom line is, you have to find out if you love competing, and, and if you love. Going out there and saying, "Okay, can I hit this shot? Can I do something?" I mean, basically, can I let myself do something I saw myself doing in practice? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what the kick is. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of people can hit range balls and yeah, be good range players, but it's tough to it's tough to move it over to the course. Yeah. yeah. True. How often do you uh, succeed versus fail in terms of your, just your mental approach to the game? I think most of the time I got that part pretty good. Yeah. Been, but, you know, I, I think I've been pretty good at that since high school. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, people ask me, am I good at it because I'm a sports psychologist? And, you know, I tell people, I went to Catholic high schools, and the first day of school, they were basically the principal, Father Searles, would say, if you lose your composure or if you get in a fight, you'll be suspended for two weeks. Yeah, that pretty much took care of a lot of stuff. And, and I had a dad and mom who were the same way. Yeah. yeah. That takes care of a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with experience and learning, you learn that, well, you better believe in yourself. You better keep your composure. Uh, people ask me, you know, about anger. I go, well, if you can prove to me on the most important day of your life you can get angry and mad and feel play great, well, so be it. But yeah, go for it. Yeah. If you look at the history of the game, there aren't a lot of examples. Yeah, of great yeah. players, and sometimes you say, well, even if you found one, you'd say, well, are you? He may be an exception. Are you sure you are? Yeah. Because um, this is a game. That you have to be. I mean, you have to be locked in, but but you got to be calm and relaxed mm-hmm. a little bit, carefree and doing it in order because. If your mind gets tight, your body gets tight. Yeah. What do you make of people like jo- like John Rahm, who play with a ton of a em- ton of emotion? Well, I think first of all, John Rahm's unbelievably talented golfer. Yeah. I think the challenge is to have huge expectations mm. and be able to handle those expectations when you're out in the golf course. And I think everyone who's probably been a phenom or a child prodigy like him. Um, probably has to deal with it. I mean, some people have to learn how to believe. Mm-hmm. He probably believes. He probably has to learn to deal with, have a lot more patience. And I, you know, it's, is it a little flaw right now? Yeah. I mean, I think his last three times he's been there. And, but his flaw didn't show up until he had a chance. If I play great today, I can become number one in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like that was a little It's all relative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, prior to that, he's. Yeah. was pretty cool in common. Yeah. But it's been interesting, as he got that close to his lifetime dream of being number one in the world, yeah. he started overreacting to stuff in a way that I hadn't seen him before. Um, now, maybe I just hadn't seen him, but... Yeah, do you think if he was I a little, bit, a little bit calmer on the back nine some of these tournaments, maybe he'd have more success, or is he just, just go and should be who he is? 
you know. No, emotionally. he's going to have to learn to be calm. Yeah, he's going to have to learn, <laughs> learn to be calm, settle it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, when you're in something that important to you, yeah. I mean, I mean, the challenge is, can I want it this badly? Can I care this much, put this much time and energy into it, and then not overreact when everything doesn't go exactly mm -hmm. the way you want? Um, you know, my guess is he pressed a little bit. Um, but I also don't worry that he'll figure it out. I mean, I assume yeah. he'll figure it he'll out. He'll figure it out, yeah. Um, if he has the right people around him, if, and, and that's the danger. If, as long as he has people around him that will be honest with him, and tell him what he needs to learn. I mean, on the other hand, he might learn it on his own. Mm -hmm. You know, won't take too many of those. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. time will tell. Yeah. But I would assume he'll. Because most people in golf do. Because you just get that upset about stuff. It's really hard mm -hmm. to play this game the way you're capable of playing it. Yeah, absolutely. Get, getting back to uh, your your playing uh, career. Um, when you're over the ball and you're in your in your pre-shot routine, what do you kind of go through when uh, when you're about to hit hit a shot? You know, I want to pick a small target. Mm -hmm. I want to commit to it, and then it's like the only thing I want to look at or think about is the ball going there. When you stand behind it, are you trying to visualize it and paint a picture? You know, I or tell you... people. I mean, there are certain days and certain parts of the game where I can what other people think of as seeing a shot but having played other sports I mean when I played basketball you just looked and you shot mm -hmm. when you pitched the baseball you looked and you shot yeah, you didn't think played, about it when before when I played quarterback in football I looked where the guy was going to be and threw it yeah. uh, we didn't ever tell him to stop it so I could visualize it so mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of confusion as to what that exactly means mm -hmm. but all it really means is you clearly in your mind know what shot you want um, and so, I mean, when you work with people, you realize there's a lot of different meanings to what it means to see a shot. And as long as they're clear and committed, that's all I really care. But some people will actually see the ball flight, land, and roll in the hole. Some people say, well, I kind of got a concept of that, but I don't actually see it. Somebody else, and it's so hard to, I mean, we're trying to describe somewhat subconscious activity with a language designed for the conscious brain. <laughs> So, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to even talk Complex. about. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it, it's like when you talk about putting. What's it mean to see a ball go in the hole? I could write a whole book. I mean, different <laughs> ways I've heard it described. Yeah. But as long as it's clear and it's what you want the ball to happen, I'd say it probably work. Yeah. Have you ever worked with someone who taught you a lot about the mental game? Oh, I think everyone I've ever worked with, you're learning something mm -hmm. about it. And, and it's like you've probably heard say, people say this about, well, I'll go back. When I, when I was running a graduate program with doctoral students at the University of Virginia, I used to have all of my students first semester read a book, I forget his name, by a guy, a physics professor from Caltech. And the whole book went through each of the major sciences and showed you we don't really know that much. Um, and so it's like the more you learn, the more you realize, man, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Mm. And there's a lot of different ways of seeing a shot. And there's a lot of ways of skinning a cat. But I'd say, ultimately, you better be clear and committed. I'd say, ultimately, you better be unbelievably confident, whatever that means to you. Um, you better be able to handle your emotions because it's a hard game to play if 
they're not in check, um, particularly in mental play golf. You better be really good at staying in the moment. Pretty big deal. But I mean, how you do it, I, I think the more you work with people, the more room you have mm. for individual differences. But ultimately, you know, what you're observing is, does it work? Does it work on the most important days of your life? If it doesn't work on the most important days of your life, like, you know, does your routine work on the 18T at Augusta mm -hmm. tied for the lead on Sunday? Yeah. Um, does your routine work when you have a four and a half foot putt to win the Masters of the U.S. Open? Mm -hmm. uh, it better work there. You know, it's, if it works on the practice putting green but doesn't work, then they probably need to find a better one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. And, and, and by the way, with young kids, I mean it better. They better have a routine that's very short and simple, mm -hmm. so that you don't ever have to worry about pace play. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I want it to be really short and simple, but you, know, you can make it really simple. But you can make yeah. it, you know, I see some people, it's like the phrase we use, they, they like they have a routine, but it, it makes you think they're like a serious, uptight nerd. They're, they're working, it's so long and detailed and elaborate. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm trying to do a good routine. I go, yeah, that isn't what we meant. Yeah, not very reactionary. <laughs> no. So we really want people reacting to what they're seeing, whether they're seeing it with their eyes or their mind's eye, I don't think matters. But you better be reacting to what your eyes are seeing mm -hmm. or what your mind's seeing. And if you can get your eyes and your mind locked in to where you want it to go, you're in pretty good shape. Is golf the toughest game that, that, you, that you've played? Because you, you've played so many different sports and... Well, it's, you know, I guess everyone in golf wants me to say it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I say, well, if you're playing basketball against LeBron... It's pretty tough. You probably think it's pretty tough. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you're trying to hit uh, Verlander, you're pitching the stand pretty hard. <laughs> We're playing football against the best teams in the world. I mean, I did some work with the Eagles this year, and that was a lot of fun. But I mean, you know, if you're playing them, you probably think football is pretty hard. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's. I mean, they're all hard at yeah. a certain level. Um, the difference in golf. I mean, like I give you a skater names, but I played a lot of tennis here, and in tennis, you go out and you play against the guy on the other side of the net. Mm -hmm. In golf. At some level, you got this standard called par. So our standard is a lot higher in golf. You know, I mean, so you know, it's, and you have to beat a lot of different people yeah, usually. Yeah, at you do. one time. Yeah, yeah. Like I tell people, even in our local tournaments, as a guy, you pretty much know if you're not shooting par better, you're not competing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So I mean, it's just a high standard. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, on tour, I mean, it's, and I think that's all what you find out on tour is can, you know, when you're an amateur, the guys who are on tour, I mean, they're in the top five or 10 every tournament they get up in. And now all of a sudden they shoot four under and miss the cut. And, you know, can you deal with that? And a lot of it is our silly male ego, probably. I mean, can you just <laughs> deal with it? Mm -hmm. you know? And if you play golf, you accept the fact that sometimes you're going to play great and sometimes you aren't. And sometimes it's going to go your way and sometimes it isn't. And, you know, if, if you can handle that and play without fear, you got a chance, you know? Sometimes we get in the way of that. <laughs> it's a hard game in that there's yeah. so many parts to it. Mm. The other thing I'd say, I think it's a hard game 
because there's no agreement on how to hit a golf ball mm. or how to putt a ball or how to pitch a ball. I mean, you could go to a different teacher every day of your life and get a different Yeah, they have approach. a different, different technique, yeah. And I say in basketball, I mean, I read uh, Bill Sharman on shooting when I was 10, which is about a 50-page book on how to shoot a basketball. And everyone in the world since then still agrees, other than that they jump now. But I mean, everyone agrees on how you shoot a basketball. You know? And I think golf, part of the reason it's so much more difficult is, man, you can get really confused. So, And I think we do a much better job with young kids. So if a parent has a kid, they send that kid to one teacher, they work only with that teacher, and that kid thinks that teacher is like the gospel. Yeah. And they don't read anything about it. They don't listen to anybody else. They don't care about anybody. But a lot of adults, they want to hear what everybody has to say. And I think it which is dangerous. Very. It makes it well. It's not dangerous. It it makes the game a lot harder. Mm. I think people get very confused by that. So So when you turn on Golf Channel and we see all these different instructors giving all these different kinds of tips, is that you know obviously some of them are helpful, or maybe all of them are helpful. But is it the the overload of information difficult for everyone to process to you know, turn into that into their into their own games. Well, that's a great question. Um, I would say that it certainly makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't know many people who got good at golf that way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's probably great for getting a panicky lesson the night before the club championship <laughs> and if it happens to help you I suppose it's so I mean in that regard for a day it might but I mean I, I think people are off, they're off to have a teacher and yeah. stick with that teacher or at least have something the one book you know like I remember my mother 98 now but she's playing it's like Byron Nelson to her was her book yeah and yeah. it's like I don't want to read any other books I don't want to talk about the golf thing I, I just do it Byron you know <laughs> And I think that, I mean, that that would make more sense. It's hard enough to do one approach. But once you start bouncing around, then people start playing golf and, you know, they miss the first shot they miss, they go to the last lesson. And the next time they miss a shot, they go to the lesson before that and somebody else. And, it, I mean, a lot of people say, I have a backlog of lessons and I try them mm-hmm. on every shot every time I miss one. And, it, you know, it's not how you get good at golf. No. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it obviously must. It either is helping somebody, or people perceive it's helping them, or people just like watching it. I, I'm not sure, but you, you certainly wouldn't take a young kid mm-hmm. and tell them that's the way to get better. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good path to go on. That's not what we're telling <laughs> good young kids. Yeah, yeah. Is it the same in other sports in terms of uh, you know? Uh, playing basketball or playing football, you want to have one kind of yeah. one instructor or one yeah. one coach, and that's sure helps. better off that way than yeah. having a, a sure. ton. Yeah. <laughs> Quarterback with one offensive coordinator is usually better off than yeah, having yeah. four in a five-year span. Well, and it's not so bad, you know. I mean, you can adjust offensive coordinator. It's when they start changing how you throw, mm. yeah, and you have four of them. And they all have a different view on it. And so some in those sports, some learn not to listen mm-hmm. while pretending they are. Some get lost and confused. Some develop the yips in their sport. 
and then blame the player. You know, I mean, it's, I say it's kind of like what we do in school with kids who don't learn the way we teach in school. Mm -hmm. We label them learning disabled or dyslexic, and it's the kid's fault, not not the way we teach them. Mm -hmm. And I think at some point, the best teachers, you know, they're going to go find a way to communicate at a level the kid can understand. And that's why it's the same in music. I played a clarinet for years. I mean, some people just learn by listening or watching and learn to do it that way. And other people learn to read the notes and learn by instruction. But ultimately, when you go play, you got to put it on autopilot and you got to just hear the song and somehow it comes out. And if you, if you don't, you squeak. Yeah. <laughs> You're not yeah. too impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's more than one way to uh, skin yeah. a cat for sure. <laughs> it's amazing how many musicians, uh, you know, fairly rock and roll singers I've heard, tell me that, like, if the drummer will say, I play the drums a lot better when I'm singing because I can't think about how to play the drums. Or the guitar player says, Oh, I play the guitar way better when I'm singing. And it just happens. It's unconscious, yeah. And that's where you got to get to. Yeah. You know? And thanks again to Dr. Bob Rochelle for joining us. Sean, I want to ask you a few quick questions since you did this interview. Um, what was one thing you didn't know about Rotella that you learned through this interview? Well, first of all, I didn't know he was such a good player. And I think that kind of uh, was a surprise to a lot of people that I talked to. Mm-hmm. We, we know about him through his psychology, but he's a one handicap. That's he's, crazy. He's good. He, he really is. And yeah. uh, I went out and, and followed him for a few holes. And he's got a uh, very interesting golf swing. It's not it's not traditional. It's not textbook by any means. Um, it's a it's kind of like a Jim Furyk uh, golf swing, but he he loves playing and uh, he gets out and plays uh, quite a lot when he's not working. You know uh, he he lives in Virginia, so during the summer he plays a lot in Virginia. He has uh, he shot a sixty two before. He has a course record. So I think just the fact that he's such a strong player was uh, was definitely a revelation. That's crazy. One last question for you. What was one thing that he said that you could take away from that interview? You know, it's funny. Um, golf is such a frustrating game. And after listening to him talk to, to, to me for 20 minutes, I, I just felt like I, for some reason, I understood golf more. <laughs> it sounds crazy. <laughs> but yeah, just the way that he put it was, uh, was, was pretty crazy. There, there was one point in the interview where he's talking about John Rahm. And he's talking about how he believes that anger is not really the way to be the most successful golfer. But however, there are some exceptions at the very top. And he he noted how, you know, for Rom, his kind of barrier and where the anger kind of got in the way of him achieving something was when he had to get from number two to number one in the world. And for some people, it's, you know, the barrier obviously comes far earlier in the progression of their careers and you know some people it's just trying to get on the web.com tour or for amateur golfers it's trying to break 80 or something you know it's you know everybody has that barrier to kind of making them the best golfer they could be and for someone like John Rahm it's you know going from number two to number one which is which is very funny but I think just the way that he describes the game he's he's so relaxed about it and he's just so calm about it, and he and he admits that you know he he probably understands golf, arguably more than any other person on the planet in terms of the mental game. And he he are, he says that he hasn't 
fully understand it. And he doesn't, he, he, he struggles sometimes with, you know, like maintaining his com- composure and, you know, he's not perfect, which kind of, it lets all the rest of us go like, okay, we can breathe, you know, like we're allowed to get frustrated sometimes in this game. You know, I was just going to ask, do you think he uses his own practices for his golf game? But <clears throat> like you said, may- maybe he doesn't like, like he may, he may get frustrated just like the rest of us do. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, watching him, he, he, he did maintain his composure and he said he comes from a Catholic household and went to Catholic school growing up and had pretty strict parents. So you know, he, uh, he's pretty good at not slamming his clubs or anything. He's not, he's not going to look like a crazy person out there or anything, but I think golf frustrates everyone. I mean, it just, it just naturally does. I mean, it's just an extremely difficult game, but he is able to uh, maintain his composure pretty well. And he's a, he's a good man. He really is. He's a, you know, but, but golf is tough. Golf is just tough across the board and, and he's, he's living proof of that. Agreed. Well, thanks for doing that interview. And um, there was an article last week in Global Golf Post um, that Sean wrote more about Bob, Dr. Bob Rotella on it. So go there, visit our website, globalgolfpost.com, and you can read more. Let's jump into the PGA Tour this week, though. They are in Mexico City for the WGC Mexico Championship at Club de Golf Chapultepec, if I hopefully got that, that was right. close enough. Right? I think so. I took Spanish in high school, so. <laughs> You know, um, it, it's located, um, it's situated 7,500 feet above sea level, which is crazy. And I just remember last year watching and seeing how far every player was hitting the ball off the tee and whatnot. And it was just crazy. Do you remember that? That's crazy. They have to do a lot of math too, because of the, of the altitude and trying to figure out how ball, how, how, uh, how far the ball flies. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The caddies are, I'm sure are going to struggle this week, but, um, <laughs> Sean, let's make picks this week. Who, who you got? Oh, man, this is a tough one. I know Dustin won last year, and I wouldn't doubt he would go around. And I don't think he hit a single driver this this uh, this past year when he, when he won. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to go with like someone like Tommy Fleetwood because he played so well here last year. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth, though. I think he's just kind of due. He hasn't had a great opening to 2018. But I think after seeing Justin Thomas win, and Justin Thomas is ahead of Jordan for the first time in his career in terms of world ranking, I think Jordan is going to be pretty fired up. So I like him to uh, to come back and win in Mexico. Good choice. I'm so glad you didn't go with Tommy Fleetwood because that's my boy, and oh, that's nice. what I'm picking this week. <laughs> he was my sleeper. He was my sleeper at this time last year, and then he just went on a torrid run of winning tournaments and becoming popular on the European Tour. And then we saw him in WGC events. We saw him in uh, major championships. So um, I'm, I'm going with him. He finished fourth fourth last week at the Honda Classic, and then was runner up last year in Mexico City. So I could see him getting it done this year um, for his first WGC victory. Absolutely, good pick. Yeah, so that's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Global Golf Post. Free subscriptions to our weekly magazine are available on globalgolfpost.com, so go check that out. So until next time, hit them straight. See you later.